This is Faith Community Church. And you are here today because I know this, you wanted to have a conversation with God and God wants to have a meeting with you. Believe it or not, he wants to, he's got something he's going to say, he's got something he's going to do in your life. I'm so glad that you're here. So glad that you're here. So glad that the house of God is full and, and uh, lots of people today. We're going to have a tremendous service. People are going to be touched by God right at the very, toward the end of their service. We're going to have some special prayer right up here with, uh, with our elders, with a prayer team that we're organizing. And, and uh, so be thinking about that and take advantage of these times of prayer. If you're a guest with us today, and I'm not sure, we probably have guests. We do that about every Sunday, I guess. And we want you to take advantage of that connection card that's <clears throat> right in front of you. Uh, fill it out. If you're, uh, and on the back, there's a place where you can put a prayer request. And that's not just for guests. That's for any of us. And uh, put that in the offering when it comes by. We will be praying for those, and we do. And we want you to take advantage of that. I'm going to read from the Word of God this morning just a brief passage here from Psalm 34 which says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My, my soul shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen? That's why we showed up in church this morning. We didn't show up here to be glum and, and sad and everything. And if you are sad today, I guarantee you this. When you walk out those doors, you're going to be glad because I believe God is going to be strong, touching people's lives. So let's get ready for it. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for this day. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. And we thank you. Let our souls be glad. Let the earth rejoice because the Lord is on his throne and he's touching people's lives. And he's going to do that right here at Faith Community Church this morning. Father, we thank you for the music that you're going to touch our lives with. We thank you for the word of God that you're going to use to build faith into our lives. And Father, we thank you today that you love us. You went to a cross and died for us, but you rose from the dead, and that brings victory to us this morning. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you turn in your Bibles this morning to the uh, book of Romans, chapter 6. I'm sorry, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. I want to read a passage here, and, and I'm going to read it in just a little bit. Why don't you go ahead and find Mark chapter 6, and I'll begin reading from verse 1. I remember when I was a little kid, I would read the comic strips. And I don't know if this is still in the comic strips or not. I, don't, I guess I don't read them anymore. But I finally outgrew that somewhat. Actually, I read a couple yet. <laughs> I read Dilbert and Peanuts. <laughs> but uh, I remember when I was a kid, I'd read about Dick Tracy. Is he still in the comic strips? Is he? Yes? No? Who knows? Gloria says they're there, so I guess they're there. 
Well, you know, here's my point. Dick Tracy was, Dick Tracy was a detective. And, uh, you know, he had this jaw, you know, it's kind of, I mean, he was a real rugged guy. But he had something that just fascinated me. And it was a wrist radio. You know? It was about this big. You know, it sat on his wrist, and he would push a button, and he could talk to anybody. It was a wrist radio, a Dick Tracy wrist radio. I remember one, one Christmas, I, I had that on my Christmas wish list. I wanted a Dick Tracy wrist radio. <laughs> and I, I thought that would just be a fabulous, wonderful gift. And I didn't get it. But uh, I turned out pretty good anyway, and so I didn't mess up my, you know, my life or anything like that. I'm saying all this to tell you that we are a connected culture. We are connected everywhere in our culture, and we work to make our voices heard on earth. We tweet, we blog, we post, we chat. I think a lot of those tweets are coming out of Washington, D.C., but um, in fact, today, there is going to be 500 million tweets on the average day, 500 million, and 1.8 billion people, that's with a B, billion people are on Facebook. How many are on Facebook right now? Oh, are you kidding me? You, you admit that. No, I said right now. You're, what are you reading? That doesn't look like the Bible to me. Where's all the red words? Oh, okay. You know, isn't that something when I said, how many is on Facebook? And then, shame on you. I'm not exactly sure if Kate Perry is an actress or a singer. Or maybe both. I don't know. What, what is she? A singer. Okay, good. I should have Googled that, but I couldn't get on the internet there for a while this morning, so I, anyway, I blew that off. But uh, Kate Perry, believe it or not, she has 97 million followers on Twitter. 97 million. I only have about 40 or 50 people <laughs> following me. I feel kind of, you know, help. In June 2017, 51% of the world's population had internet access. In other words, 3.6 billion people were internet users in 2017. And that's going up virtually every day. Cell phone usage around the world is at 62%. And I notice that so many people have cell phones now. When you look in the phone book, can I look up your, they're not there. And, uh, you know, you take that as however you can take it. But I noticed this in the source I was checking, I feel like it was very reliable, said cell phone users, on the average, check their cell phones 85 times a day. And with some people, I would believe that. Because they just, I mean, they walk around in their world. They're, they're, they have the phone in front of them, and they walk. You know, it's like the black and blue Pharisees. They run into buildings and everything else because they're on their cell phone. They're checking it. 
it's amazing. Young people in particular. I've watched a, a and this is, this is just very random. I'm sure it happens all over the place. Uh, we're sat down in a restaurant, and all four of them, they're on their phone immediately and uh, doing that. I saw a little uh, thing uh, of a, uh, uh, it was about having a, having a job interview with a millennial. And here's the boss, he's sitting there behind the desk, he's got his suit on and everything, and, and here's the millennial sitting in front of his desk with a cell phone like this. Uh, what makes you think you'd like to work at this company? Uh, I think it's a good company. And it, just, it was constant. And I thought, you know, I've interviewed people before for jobs, and I think, I think this job interview is gonna be over fairly quick, there's the door and uh, things like that. We, uh, we do well when it comes to connecting to each other, but now the question is, how are we connecting with God? How's that working out in our lives? You realize God doesn't need a cell phone. He doesn't have a chat room. He doesn't have a, you know, actually this is his blog. He gave it to us a long, long time ago. And all we have to do is sit down and read his blog and, and it really informs us, it, it advises us, it, it, uh, it develops wisdom in our lives and faith and all kinds of things that are going on. <coughs> Jesus said when two or three are gathered together, he says, I'm in their midst. That's being connected. As a Jesus follower, we need to realize that when we get together for prayer, there will be the presence of Almighty God, and we will making our voice heard, not just, not just here on earth, but our voice is heard in heaven. That's powerful. I want us to understand, I want us, I, please allow that to just, just filter into your mind and your spirit this morning. When I pray, when I pray with you, or when I'm praying alone, my voice, is being heard in heaven at the very throne of God himself. He doesn't hand this off to an angel over here or something like that or a seraphim or anything like that. He hears my prayer. I want us to understand that. When Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth in Mark chapter 6, people were skeptical about him. I want to read my text to you right now. And when he went out from there and came to his own country, he dis his disciples followed him. And when the uh, Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many were hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter? the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are these not his sisters here with us? So they were offended. Get this. They were offended at him. They said in the verse before, he said, where does this guy get this wisdom? How does he get these insights and this knowledge? And all of these things, the next verse, it says, we are offended by that. That's amazing. Verse number four, but Jesus said to him, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and in his own house. 
Now he could do, verse 5, he could do no mighty work there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled. He marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about the village in a circuit teaching. The key, I think, is in verse number 5, in which Jesus said he could do no mighty work because of their unbelief. Uh, in him. It's startling to me. He doesn't say he wouldn't do any miracles. It said he couldn't do any miracles in that setting. I want to drop something into your thinking just for a moment this morning that if we, if we have, the Bible tells us clearly, if we have the faith of a mustard seed, Jesus said you can move a mountain. And I bring that in from out of its context into this context And I'm asking the question, if he could do no mighty thing, no miracle there, then where was the faith? Even the size of a grain, a tiny grain of mustard seed, he could do nothing. I want to share with you some points here. First of all, we need to pray with a sense of need. As we pray today, let us pray with a sense of need. Psalm 50 and verse 15 says, Call on me in a day of trouble in a day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. What is the need? What is the need? When I look around my life, when I look around my home, when I look around the community, I see the need. The need is evident. The need is everywhere. And when we pray, I look at the need. Paul instructs us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Tell God about it. You know, sometimes I've heard these uh, people, I've heard people say, and maybe I've even said it myself, I'm not sure. You know, we've tried this, we've tried this, we've tried these, all of these things. I guess we better pray. It's sort of like prayer is at the bottom of the list. Let's do all of this stuff and then You know, if it doesn't work out, let's go ahead and pray. I think that needs to be reversed. I think we need to put prayer at the top of that list. Let's pray first. Let's ask God first for wisdom, for direction, for whatever it is our need might be in that particular situation before we engage other things. God wants to have a relationship with every one of us, and he does want our voices to be heard in heaven. There's another reason. Why do we pray? I believe it's important for us to acknowledge the lordship of God himself. In Psalm 100, verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are the sheep of his pasture. God himself provides guardianship over every one of us in our lives. We are the sheep of his pasture. And as a good shepherd, as a model shepherd for us, he cares for his sheep. He doesn't say, I like the people that sit on the front row, but the people that sit over in the back row, I don't care as much for them. That's not God. God doesn't work that way. God isn't operating that way. God cares for each of us. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are his property. We are his possession. Jesus said in Matthew chapter uh, 6 and verse 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, 
what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you're going to put on. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. He comes to the bottom line, don't worry. Don't worry. I don't know about you, but I've done this before, and, I, and I'm sure I'll keep doing it in my life. You worry about this, you worry about this. Did it do any good? No. It just made you sleepless. I worry about this situation. I worry about this. But did it do any good? No, it didn't. God says, I know what you need. I know how to deal with the situation. I know what is best in, in this area or whatever area it might be. Whom do we pray? In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 4, just, uh, just a kind of a recap summary here. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. And that includes yourself, by the way. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Listen carefully. We've been invited to speak to our omniscient God. Omniscient is a word that means God knows everything. He knows everything. God says, I invite you to... I want you to come to me. I am the omnipotent God. That means God is all-powerful. There is no other power in anywhere that you can find in this world or in this universe. God says, I am all-powerful. God says, I invite you to come to me because I am omnipresent. That means I am everywhere. Everywhere that you can be. The song we just sang, everywhere that I can be or you can be, thou, O God, are there. Psalm 139 says, I can go to the highest mountain, I can ride the rocket to the, to the farthest star, and when I get there, guess who's there? God. And he was there already because he created it. I can go to the depths of the ocean, to the farthest, deepest place in the ocean, and when I get there, God because he created it. It's so wonderful. We pray with expectancy. We pray with confidence, even when God is silent. So how do we pray? I believe it's totally safe to say that if we have sin in our lives in any shape or form, we, want a we run a very real risk that our prayers are not going to be heard. At least they are not going to be answered. I think they're, personally, I think they're heard, but I personally think that our sin blocks the answer that could come into our lives and into our direction. Pure living, blameless lives is something that does not come to us naturally. You know that, don't you? Paul, Paul gives us a bit of a reference point on this in Romans chapter 7, beginning in verse 18. He says, <clears throat> For I know that in me nothing good dwells. To will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I don't find. In other words, I don't, you know, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. With the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, I serve the law of sin. In other words, Paul is saying there, he says, you know what, I've got a dilemma on my hands. He says, with my mind, with my heart, I want to serve God. But in my flesh, I wind up doing this, or this, or thinking this way, or all of these things. He says it's a dilemma. 
And then he answers the dilemma. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ the Lord. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You know, I'm going to interpret that for you. I'm going to interpret it this way. I'm walking. My desire is to walk in the Spirit. And sometimes the flesh pulls me back. But I'm not going to turn around. My direction is this way. You follow me? My direction is this way. I want to go this way. And I'm going to keep going this way. Sometimes the flesh pulls me back. But I'm going to keep going this way. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. That's why I need Christ. That's why I need the, the power of the work of his spirit in my life. Paul's saying here, I've got great intentions. I do hate evil, but it seems like I find myself doing. This is Paul talking. This is not me. This is Paul. He says, therefore, I need strength and I need help. I need the Spirit of God to strengthen me. So how do we pray? We pray for God's strength in our lives. We pray for the release of his Spirit to engulf our lives, to inundate us with his power with his ability. And we're fortunate because the Bible says God knows our frame and, our, and remembers that we are dust. We are just dust. And he knows we need help and he's promised. He says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to give up on you. You know, I'm going in this direction toward God, but sometimes I get pulled back into this. God doesn't say, okay, I gave up. God doesn't give up. I might give up, but God doesn't. And he's going to release resources from his heavenly storehouse that says, I'm going to release something that is going to help you pull forward in this battle, in this fight against flesh, against sin, whatever it might be. In some of the last days, Jesus was on earth knowing that Peter would be severely tested. Have you ever thought of those words that he said to Peter? He said in Luke chapter 22 and verse 32, he says this, to Peter, specifically to Peter, he says, I have prayed for you that your faith, get me, your faith isn't going to fail. What failed with Peter? What was it that failed? His flesh. He says, I don't know that man. Did it three times. The rooster crows. Peter glances to Jesus. Oh, brother. That's, that's a glance I don't want. But remember this. Jesus said, Peter, I prayed for you that your faith won't fail. The Bible says Peter went out into the night. But his faith was there for him. And he made a loop back and got squared away with God and the work of God. Mark notes that he could do no miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. Remember, this was Nazareth. This is where the angel of God told Mary that she had given birth to the Savior because nothing is impossible with God. But the very place where nothing is impossible with God now becomes the place where nothing is why? Because of unbelief. Unbelief. 
a negative environment will not yield God's miracle. You can't have an attitude that criticizes, that demeans, and expect good things to happen. It just doesn't work that way. There are only two times in the Gospels <coughs> where it's recorded that, uh, where it says Jesus was amazed. My, uh, my Bible says he was marveled. It's in verse number six. There's only two times where it's recorded this. Once is in Luke chapter seven when he was amazed at the faith of the centurion. I've never, I've, I've marveled at your faith. He said, I'm a man with a hundred people under my command. And when I say go, they all go. They do what I tell them to do. And Jesus, you, all you have to do is say the word. And my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I marveled at that faith. And here, it is used again in the negative. I marveled at the unbelief. Connie, could you return to the keyboard, please? I have a choice. I have a choice to be, a mar to, <clears throat> to be amazed or marvel at unbelief or to be amazed in faith. I have a choice, don't I? We have many shortcomings, folks, don't we? We make mistakes, we have infirmities, we have weak faith, sometimes we act in ignorance, sometimes we even say things in ignorance. But Jesus prayed for all of them, prayed for every one of them, and he prays for us, and he's praying for us right now, right in this room. This is real. This isn't me talking and trying to push theology out the door here. This is God talking, and God is real, and speaking about his, his work that he wants to accomplish in every one of our lives. God not only helps us in our weaknesses, but he also gives to us a fresh start when we come to him. Hallelujah. I don't know how many people in this room today, right now, you would say, I need a fresh start with God. But I'm guessing there are people. I'm guessing there are individuals who would simply say, I really need a fresh start with God. These things have been going this way and that way in my life. Confusion. I've walked into areas I shouldn't have walked. I've said things I shouldn't have said. I've done things. And all of these things, I did them in ignorance, and sometimes I did it, I understood exactly what I was doing. But the Bible says Jesus prayed for every one of them. And so he gives us that fresh start of faith, a renewed start a new hope. I love what Jeremiah 29, 11 says, we know it, we've said it many times, for I know the thoughts I have for you. Oh, thank God. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you a future and to give you hope. God gives us hope. God gives us a future. God not only helps us in our weakness, but he's the author of new beginnings. In the beginning, God created, and I tell you what, that has not ended. That did not end when God created the world. It continues today. God is creating, and he's creating new beginnings, and he's creating new hope, and he's creating new revelation in people's lives. All of this he's doing, he's creating opportunity, <clears throat> and he's filling that opportunity with genuine living hope. We're going to pray with people at the close of this service. We've got plenty of time. 
We have plenty of time. I'm going to ask our elders to come forward at this time. We have members of a prayer team that we're working with. Would you please come also with up here? And we want to spread across this this front of this uh, sanctuary and perhaps even uh, a few feet down the side aisles there. We're going to pray with people this morning. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you this, <coughs> this morning that as we pray and as we worship God, I'm going to ask you to simply, simply get out of your seat. These people are going to pray with you. They're going to love on you. If you're a person here today, now listen to me very carefully. This is so important. I want your attention up here. Don't look at these people. Look at me. If you're here this morning and you need a fresh start, you really need, you really need a turnaround in your life. And that turnaround may be because you simply need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. I want you to come this morning. Come up here. Talk to any one of these people. They'll help you. We'll pray with you. We'll show you how to pray and how to get to heaven. That's so important. You may be carrying a burden this morning of whatever it is. This is not a confession time. We're not asking these people to hear your confession. I don't want to hear your confession. You tell it to God. But I'll tell you what these folks are going to do. They're going to link up together with you this morning and they're going to pray and between you and that person and God himself something is going to happen that is going to be good he's going to renew confidence in so many areas of your life would you let him do that this morning I know some people are really shy oh my goodness how can I do this people will talk about me oh forget that that's silliness people are not going to talk about you if they do talk about you, we're going to pray for them. We want you to come. We want you to come right now. Start right now. Start moving up here. Let God repair things in your life. Restore things in your life. Let God, you may say, Pastor, I've got a hopeless thing in my life going on. I've got a, I've got a sickness here that there is no cure for and all of this. I'm not going to get into that, but I'm going to tell you what, God can give you a renewed hope today. God can give you a restored confidence that he is the Lord of absolutely everything of your life. You come right now. Come right now and let God help you. I'm going to pray as you come. And as I pray, you can get out of your seat. You can head on up here and let God work. Father, we thank you so much for this season of prayer, this season of hope the season in which you are going to touch people's lives. You're going to bless them in incredible ways. Father, I pray that they would not hesitate, they would not worry about what others might say. But Father, I pray that you're going to put restoring hope, you're going to put healing, you're going to give uh, wisdom and direction and counsel for people this morning. Father, I pray let your people come, let your people be aware of your presence this morning. Let them know that you are strong and mighty. You're able to do anything. Father, we thank you this morning. We dedicate the next few minutes of this church service to the glory of God and all the things that God will be accomplishing. And we pray this in Jesus' name. All right, here comes the fun part of this service. Would you lift your... Hey, you've got to stand up to do this.
<laughs> no way you can do it sitting down. Hey, let's lift our hands to the glory of God. Father, we thank you so much for this day. May you bless our lives. May you bless through us. Father, may we be energized with new faith today and new confidence. Father, that you're going to be working a great work. And whether we saw something distinct this morning or whether we will come walk out of here with expectancy, we know that you are at work. And we thank you for it. Let your great grace shine upon our lives and then work through us. Help us to be a message to this culture and to one another. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you.